Welcome to Hello Ugly, the Dragula recap show for Season 2, Episode 4, titled Sci-Fi Babes. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one celestial co-host. From the Bloody Mary podcast with Maria and Lori, please say hello, Ugnies, to Lori Rockingham. Hello, Lori Rockingham. Hello. <laughs> oh, wow, it's- it's uh, Dracula's Dracmorda is here. Dracula's yes. like, well, hi, how are you? I, I was expecting Lloyd Roggenkamp. Hello, Uglies. Shut up! <laughs> yes, I'm here. I'm here, uh, I'm queer, get used to it. Yeah, what a pleasant surprise to see you here. Thank you. Uh, now, Laurie, it's glad to have you here, but here's, uh-huh. my, here's my question to you. Now, everyone should know when we're taping this, we've just celebrated Christmas. How was your Christmas? My Christmas was good. It was a lot of fun. It was actually um, drama-free, which is nice. Yeah. So it was just, uh, we just basically did everything Christmas Eve. We usually do spread it out to Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. But we just did everything Christmas Eve. And then m- Christmas Day, we went to the movies, which was yeah. stress a little stressful because there's just so many people. Yeah. But it was also kind of fun because I got to see like, Two families just completely melt down in oh, the really? movie theater. What, what, what happened? So, that was fun. But other than that, yeah. Wait, it was, wait, wait, it was, wait, what uh, happened with these families? Why were they melting down? Well, <clears throat> one was upset because the other didn't prepay for the tickets. Uh, okay, yeah. So the the mom, I'm assuming it was the mom, was like, why didn't you, the, told the husband, like, why didn't you prepay for the tickets? Mm-hmm. And the husband was like, because we didn't know what movie, you said you didn't know what movie you wanted to go to, so why would I buy tickets to two movies? <laughs> Wait, how they, they then the dad all of a sudden developed an accent in mid sentence? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he developed a Texas accent. Um <laughs> anytime a man gets mad, I just make him Texan. Uh uh-huh. no, but so it so then and then the other one was this woman like storms out of the bathroom. Storms out. Just super angry, like yeah. in tears. Uh-huh. She's so angry. And Did she's, she tried she to drink did. her period blood. Is that what happened? Yeah, yeah. That's it. She screamed, I have I have period blood, and then she left, which is how all women announce their periods. Um, no, so she stored that. Apparently, I'm assuming she walks up to her boyfriend or husband or something, mm-hmm. and she goes, Mom had me look, or she goes, Ryan had the fucking keys, and Mom made me look in her goddamn bag for 20 fucking minutes. And so immediately after that, you see this this guy and this older woman laughing hysterically walking up to the group and going, uh, Ryan had the keys the whole time. Oh. <laughs> and just like, they think it's hilarious. Uh-huh. They think it's like this comedy gold. And, and the woman just goes, I will see you too at home. <laughs> she just turns and leaves. Uh-huh. But the best part is that it's so busy uh-huh. that, I would say she is maybe two steps ahead of them at most, but she is insistent that she will not say anything or look at them. <laughs> they are like literally right behind her. Now, here in my oh, now, obvious, funny. the first question that everybody is dying to know is what did Lori Roggenkamp get for Christmas? Uh, <clears throat> I got money, mm-hmm. which was great. Mm-hmm. I got some shirts. I uh, got a fifty dollar gift card to Chipotle, so oh, that was yeah. that was pretty already nice. spent. Yeah. yeah, actually, I spent money because I didn't realize that you have to you have to actually re up the gift card in store, 
and so I did delivery, and I just didn't feel like going inside. So oh, I was like, all right, oh, yeah, there you go. Um, what else did I get? Uh, I got a game, card game, mm-hmm. and. Oh, this thing that really has helped, which my aunt quilts now. Mm-hmm. So she quilted us some soup cozies. So they're co- they're like little, like um, essentially like a holder for your soup, so you don't have to hold oh, the hot soup. soup cozy, a soup cozy. I said you said a soup cozy. I'm like I never heard of that. Now here's my question because I have this policy when people give me money as a gift. All right. Uh huh. And the policy is. That I cannot spend, I have to spend the money on a gift for myself. I can't, I can't go like, oh, I'm going to pay my cell phone bill now, or I'm going to pay my, um, you know, my Hulu account. You know, I, I, I have to buy myself a tangible item and give myself a gift from that person, essentially. Yeah. Do you have a similar policy, or do you use the bills? Do you use the money for bills and whatnot? I'll use it for whatever, pretty much. But I don't really have too many bills right now mm-hmm. so i or like things that are due so but yeah i pretty much use it for whatever i think i'm gonna save most of it because my girlfriend and i are planning a trip uh over the summer so we don't know exactly where but we just want to save as much money as possible so mm-hmm. um but i i have a rule which mm-hmm. none of my family sticks by yeah. which is that i literally just want money oh really? like i don't want any gifts. Oh, really? Yeah. I, my uncle, I say this every year. My uncle gives me the best gift ever because he just hands me a hundred dollar bill. That's it. That's all every year. Mm-hmm. He doesn't wrap it. He doesn't do anything with it. He just hands it to me. I can't tell you how useless I find cards. Cards oh, are yeah. like, I agree with you on that one. I just, I, and honestly, like what frustrates me the most is that you can't immediately throw it away mm-hmm. once you get what's inside yeah. of it. Uh-huh. Because it then people get offended, and it's like, no, this is literally just a money holder. Like yeah. that's all it is. Yeah. And so I just keep telling my family, give me the money that you would have spent on the card, because then I'd have an extra like five bucks. So, but nobody listens to me. I'll be honest with you. I, I'm the opposite of you. Uh, I would not want money for a gift. I I want a gift. I'm all about the spirit. Now, by the way, now look. Here's what's funny is I make a very detailed and and constantly and frequently updated Amazon wish list. And so I'm very like, go down the fucking wish list and just buy me things from my wish list. But I do want some sort of tangible good. Because like I told you, it goes back to what I just said, is when I feel you give me money for a gift, then I need to use it to buy a tangible good. Therefore, you've just added a step. You've you've given me money that I now have to use to buy a gift from uh, Amazon for myself. Oh, see, you have a cut and dry thing. Because for me, I guess what my my thing with money Mm -hmm. comes from the fact that I wish I could be it could be that easy. I wish I could literally tell my family, I have an Amazon wish list, please Mm -hmm. purchase an item off the wish list. Yeah. It is never that easy. If I were to say like um you know, first off, I would have to give a reason. So I'd have to say, oh, I want this, you know, I want this item because I'm, you know, and then they, I want to, I want an Apple watch. And then they'd be like, well, what do you want the Apple watch for? What are you going to use it for? Like, I have to answer a questionnaire. <laughs> it's just like, who gives a shit what I want the Apple watch for? I want an Apple watch. Just give me, yeah. a, if you want to give me an Apple watch, give me an Apple watch. So let's say I, let's say this, this actually, this happened to me a couple years ago where I said that I wanted 
the Apple Watch. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My dad was like, I don't know if you should get an Apple Watch. And I was like, all right, well, then don't buy me one. Just give yeah. me money. Then my dad goes to the 99 cent store 99 and gets me a watch. <laughs> and gives it to me. And that is why I only ask for money. Because if I ask for anything, if I ask mm-hmm. for, I ask for an audio jack. Mm-hmm. I found it online. I mm-hmm. sent it to my family. I was like, this is what, it's not even like a transmitter. I just wanted one of those things that you can plug into your phone and then plug into the radio. Mm-hmm. Okay. My dad went to the 99 cent store, got a radio transmitter mm-hmm. and gave that to me for Christmas. And so it wasn't even what I wanted. Yeah. And so then it's like, well, I, I now I don't, I don't have money and I don't, I have an extra thing that I don't need. Mm-hmm. So now I just ask for money. Cause I'm just like, I'm done. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I've gotten like an American flag T-shirt because my family was like, "Well, you never really told us what you wanted," and I was like, "Money? Why do you think I want an American flag T-shirt?" Yeah, 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 yeah. My mom falls sort of in the same boat in that my mom, um, my mom was telling me she was she was trying to get me to help her with my dad's gift, and she said, "Your dad wants he your dad we were at Best Buy and your dad showed me this soundbar that he really really wants," and I go, "Okay, well, what is it? I don't know." So she goes, so just buy any soundbar. And I go, no, he has a specific soundbar that he wants. Ask him what it is. And she goes, no, by the way, he told her, I want, he told her, this is so dumb, this dumb illusion of Christmas. He said to her, if you don't know what to get me for Christmas, I want this soundbar. Right? Yeah. So then she tells me, he wants a soundbar. Help me get him a soundbar. And I go, what was the one he said? I don't know. I go, ask him. Joey, I can't ask him. Because then he'll know I'm getting him a soundbar. Oh, yeah. That's a go, whole. He literally told you, get me a soundbar. And she goes, well, I might as well just take him with me. I haven't picked the gift. And I go, yes. Yeah, do that. Yeah. Well, that's like my fa- my the my um, my aunts and my uncle and my mom, my dad all pick names, mm-hmm. which I would love. I want to do. Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing. They always say, you guys don't want to do names. Because if you do names, then you'll, you won't get a gift. Then you 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 only get one gift, mm-hmm. and that'll be it. And it's like bullshit. Okay, every single year they always say that, and every single year everybody buys everybody a gift. Yeah. You know, it's mm-hmm. always like uh, that's not going to happen. But <clears throat> it takes the pressure off of buying everyone a gift mm-hmm. because if I get a gift for if like let's say I, so the state the two staples in my life that I I have to get gifts for are my mom my dad, mm-hmm. right. And my Aunt Kathy that I live with, because they're the ones who put up with me the most. So it's always like, you have to give them a gift. But then let's say I get a gift for my Aunt Julie, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then I have to get one for my uncle and my cousins, because I've I've gone outside the circle. Mm -hmm. So now I have to buy all these other gifts. So it's like, it's almost like you weigh the option of like, if I see something cute for my aunt, Mm -hmm. I go... Well, do I even want to get her that? Because then I have to buy like four other things for other people. Because then they're going to be like, well, where's my gift? You know? But <clears throat> so I tell my aunt and my mom, my dad, every year, just tell me what you want and I will get it for you. And my mom, my dad, and my aunt are always like, I don't want anything. Just give me a nice card. So then it's like, well, then that means like a gift card. So then I have to get him a gift card. I'm like, okay, well, where do you want it? I don't know. It's like, oh my God. Just like, just tell me what you want. But I can't get the money because that's inconsiderate. 
and then lately my dad's been doing this thing where he's been asking for stuff that's been out of stock for like 20 years he's like i want uh vhs tapes for for a tascam you know 1975 camera it's like okay great thanks dad yeah this week, the Boulay brothers land on Earth and make Israel their slave. The girls are tasked with the challenge of designing a sci-fi look along with an alien birth. Abhora feels abhorrible about how she's treated bitch pudding and seeks to make up with her. James and Dolly have a brief showdown. Dolly and Victoria feel the rumors that they're hooking up. And Erica Clash arbitrates a truce between bitch pudding and Abhora. On the floor, James' majesty wins the challenge while Erica Clash, Dolly, and Abhora are placed in the bottom and forced to eat gross foods for a chance to stay in the company. Competition. In the end, Abhora and Erica live to see another day while Dolly is murdered that night at the hands of the Brothers Boulet. Lori, name two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not. Um, I actually like the opening. I thought the opening was cute. I mean, there's always going to be issues, I feel like, with those openings, but mm-hmm. maybe because the opening last week was so weird and just <laughs> terrible. Yeah. But the opening I thought was cute. I liked the uh-huh. the science fiction part of it. I thought that was fun. Uh-huh. Um, I also loved the dress that the Boulay brothers wore in um, the when they did the judgment. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. I mean, they are ripped. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize how much. But when they had that lake show, and I was like, dang. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing I didn't like was James Majesty. I thought James Majesty really like. When I was watching that, I was like, maybe Monarchy was right. Maybe she's kind of a a bitch. Because, <laughs> you know, everybody was sort of on her side when Monarchy was, hit, like, trashing her. But then now it's like she just, I feel like she, my girlfriend's, we were watching it last night, and she said it perfectly. She's like, she's threatened now. She's oh, not the best. And so now saying. she's just tearing people down. And, you know. Mm-hmm. I also didn't like the fact that she got in, uh dolly's face and then and then got my and then said that she was in her face she goes oh she's been acting real fishy and being all up in my face it's like no you were in her face yeah you went into her space mm-hmm. not the other way around so anyways uh i'll tell you what i liked uh, you know i wrote down actually i rarely write down what i like and what i don't like but this week, I wrote down what I like and what I don't like. I actually agree with you. I really like the cold open. I thought it was really good. I like the sci-fi look. It was, look, it was silly, and we'll talk about it. But it was in that right balance of silly where they were, it was silly in the way they wanted it to be silly. So it, like, made sense, and it was silly and fun, and I liked it. Okay? Uh, the other thing that I like, I actually really, really liked the challenge. I thought it was a good challenge. I liked seeing, you know, it was a little yeah. different. They got to do the sci-fi looks, which is interesting looks. And then they also got to deliver the baby, uh, which I thought was, like, a, a funny little bit to do there. And yeah. then the one thing I didn't like was... Um, Oh, and I think this speaks to what you were saying kind of on a, on a larger scale. It's just every time we're in the boudoir now, it just seems like manufactured drama. You're talking about James trying to yeah. push people's buttons. But also the thing with Abhora and Erica. And oh, yeah, we got to so, get into that, that yeah. whole thing. It just seems so just manufactured. Annoying. And they're just not good. At, they, they have to realize that these girls are not good actors. But we'll get no. into that when we get into the show. In fact, let's talk about it now. The, this week's cold open finds park ranger Israel randomly wandering the desert on foot. A spaceship flies around him while he is seemingly oblivious to it. 
The ship crash lands in the desert, and he runs up to find the Boulet brothers in full sci-fi gear. He pulls a gun on them, but they use the power of their minds to whip the gun away and hypnotize him into taking off his shirt and bowing down to them. Laurie, your thoughts on the cold open? Um, again, I liked it. I thought it was cute. I did think that it was funny that a lot of it, re- re- you know, revolved around Israel's acting. <laughs> so, you know, and, that was a little touch and go. Let me ask you, first of all, I don't know why as a park ranger, he's just walking around the desert. It's on just, foot. He's the most confused. At first I thought that maybe he was lost. <laughs> yeah, I thought, too. I honestly thought for until they showed the close up of him and he had the park ranger shirt on. Yeah. I thought it was that these aliens crashed in the woods and a very, and a very lost and dehydrated, dehydrated man finds them and then becomes their slave. But then I realized, Oh no, he's a park ranger. Yeah. That would make more sense. You're right. That would make yeah. more sense that he was uh, lost. But no, 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 no. He's just uh, – he's a park ranger just r- r- trolling around the desert. Now, the other thing that uh, was – now, this is maybe, now maybe I don't know what duties park rangers have to national security. But just I was, carrying guns. They shoot oh, animals. Oh, yeah. Why would <laughs> a park ranger have a gun? They just – to kill the animals. That's what a park ranger does, right? He just keeps the animals in line? Yeah, the park ranger just has a gun on him to shoot animals. But the other thing, too, is, like, if I saw a spaceship, yeah, okay, and it crashed, I would run the other direction. Yeah. I wouldn't be like, well, oh, what is this? <laughs> I don't know. A spaceship that tiny? I would have been like, I, I think, see, I think they could have played, one of the things I wanted them to play up was the fact that the uh, the spaceship was so tiny, and yet these like ginormos come out of the spaceship, <laughs> <laughs> just like apparently have been knocked out of the spaceship. It's like how, yeah. <clears throat> but um, yeah, no, I I definitely wouldn't go. Well, that's I think that's the thing that always like just is a disconnect for me with those movies is that they're like oh there's an explosion Mm -hmm. i'm gonna go check it out it's like no what why (laughs) why would you do that i go no i'm gonna call the police and then i'm gonna go Mm -hmm. in the opposite way no Um, i I know that's you i would be can i also say that i just love in this is like i feel like this is the way for like people whose profession is not to wear clothes where when they do wear clothes, they just look like they don't know how clothes work. <laughs> like they just look like they're like so uncomfortable and just like I don't know what this is. Like it looks like somebody just literally put a like a burlap bag on his on him and goes like walk in the desert because he just is like moving and like I don't know how to walk in clothes. Like he's just so. Oh, I thought you were talking about the part where he takes his shirt off because there's a whole thing where he like unbuttons a few buttons and then just like fuck it, I'm ripping it off. I, yeah, I mean, but no, that too. But just they just look so uncomfortable when they're wearing full when they're fully clothed. Like I just I don't know if you've ever done that where you go like I'll go like uh like in Los Angeles walking down the street and mm-hmm. you just see somebody fully clothed and you go oh that person's definitely a a stripper. Or that person's uh, definitely a, like a, a sex worker because they just look so uncomfortable, fully clothed. Yeah, I know. I've never noticed that. But I'll tell you this is the one criticism I'll have of this bit is that the part where they're like using their brain to like make him fall on the ground. It went on so long where you could tell even and they, yeah. don't, they don't cut anything on this show. There's no editing on this show. They just use the first take of whatever. Because yeah. the part where like they are clearly like still going with like the Yeah on him and and he like even gets up and he's like are we done 
And then they're like, they just keep going. So he just goes back to like being prostrate on the ground. And it's like, but why does it need to be that long? We got the point. Like, I think they honestly were waiting until he could act like he was under mind control. <laughs> like, I think the reason why you don't have sound is because they're literally coaching him and going, okay, Israel, now you're under my control. No, no, no. Like, mind control like not no you're not just like looking off in the distance like your brain is literally under like act like you're under control mind control Mm -hmm. okay no go back down okay we're gonna start over go back down all right now we're coming back up and just you know hollowed eyes like we talked about okay all all right okay but don't you think if they're not using sound they could have a director off screen going like all right israel now get up which i think is what exactly was happening yeah but i honestly feel like that's what it is is they're like okay buddy all right now you know look scared like in the no, old scared. silent movies. Uh, I also love how when they first stand up, when Drac Morta and Swanthula first stand up, you see that they're wearing these like crazy heels and they just cannot for the life of them. Like Drac Morta just cannot look feminine in those heels. No. Like she just looks like she's like, I don't know how to walk in these heels. No. <laughs> I honestly feel like there probably was more to that scene. And then they realized there's no way we're gonna be able to walk in these heels in this terrain. So we have to stay put. Oh, you think there was like a chase and stuff like that? Probably. No, but then that. they like because as soon as you see uh Drac Morta stand up, she's like bow legged. Yeah. And yeah. she's like, I, I there's I can't there's no way I can do this. Yeah, but you know what? Overall, though, I'm going to say is one of their better bits. I, I actually, yeah. I would say, like, one of the, again, one of the things was, I, I think this episode, too, I was just like, all right, you know, I guess I got to just stop thinking that this show is going to be something that it's not. Mm-hmm. And so I just got to be like, there's obvious beats to it. And I felt like they really played those beats. Mm-hmm. And I thought I thought it was one of the better shows. I don't know if it's because I just sort of, like, gave up and was like, you know, this show isn't going to be, like, a the best show ever, but it was a pretty good show. Uh, no, it was a good episode. I actually don't have yeah. much to say about it. All right, moving on. Back at the theater, Disasterina, James and Abhora have a totally real conversation about who they think they will return, Kendra or Victoria. They're soon joined by Erica Clash, Bitch Pudding, and Dolly, who join in on the conversation. They all get their answer, though, when Victoria Elizabeth Black walks back into the theater. The Boulet brothers appear via screen to announce this week's challenge. To the girls are to show off their best sci-fi looks along with an alien birth. In the boudoir, James taps Dolly on the shoulder, which sends Dolly into a tizzy. James' majesty pushes Bitch's buttons, and Erica helps Abhora make nice with Bitch Pudding. Lori... Anything you have to say, I'm sure you have a lot to say about the boudoir scene, but is there anything you have to say about the whole segment that we just talked about right now? Yeah. So one of the things that really annoys me Mm -hmm. still, which I know I just said that I kind of just accepted it, but it's like the lack of professionalism when they go into that theater. (laughs) Disasterina, the first line is Disasterina, and she says, so here we are again. That's it. That was her first line. Or sorry. So here we are again. That was. My Should we pause disaster. right now and talk about the find that you had? Oh yeah. So I actually looked up Disasterina. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Because uh, somebody in the chat room said that that's not that's not a uh, a real voice. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And the uh, the real Disasterina is named Tri Triops Triops Trafid. Mm-hmm. And he's an artist, and uh, apparently from a from like a 
uh, Reddit thread, which mm-hmm. I can't find now, but well, it said that he basically got like soured on the um, art scene. Oh, he did. And okay. so he, maybe I can find it here. Oh, here we go. Sorry. Basically, disastering his boy self is the insanely talented painter, multimedia artist, former punk rocker, Triops Trayfield. After getting burned out in the fine art scene, he founded the Cold Sluts on Fire YouTube channel, where he directed shorts, made costumes, designed sets, and eventually created and played several characters, one of whom is Disasterina. Mm -hmm. In other words, playing a disastrous drag queen character led to being a successful drag queen, and one unlike any other. So... Mm -hmm. Well, you actually sent me a YouTube video of uh, Disasterina talking, and I'm going to play it a little bit of it for you guys right now so you guys can hear. This is Disasterina now in Disasterina's real voice. Here we go. Okay. And yeah, he says his name too at the top so you can hear what he says. How, how My he name says. is Triab Strayfit. I'm an artist living in. Wait, can you hear that? It's very low. Let's see if we can hear it. In Los Angeles. It sounds echoey, but I can hear it. of the Hive Gallery, which is curated by Nathan Cartwright. It's a popular downtown gallery, it's part of the uh, Downtown Art Walk. Uh, which happens second Thursday of every month. This is uh, also where I have my uh, studio space. I do my work here. We have a group show uh, first Saturday of every month, and this is the first uh, Saturday of uh, December 2006. Okay, there you go. That was uh, Tree Ups Trayfid, uh, artist, and uh, he's very cute in that picture, but also that's 12 years ago. I don't know what he looks like now, but uh, that's what his... I, I, that's what his voice. I don't, but why is he doing the accent? So the accent is part of this character that he does. Then I take it. Yeah, I guess it's just his character. Which, FYI, in this episode, he falls out of the character. Oh, he does when? Yeah, when he is doing his microphone bit, uh-huh. he like he like doesn't have his accent. Oh, really? I feel like it. I don't know. Like I was listening to it over and i was like i don't feel like he really has an accent during that time oh well it is always like a vaguely somewhat you can't tell where a european accent like is it french is it like eastern european you can't really tell where you can't really place where it is it's like just yeah. a vague european accent also another thing that i thought was weird was that or not weird but interesting was that uh, some of the girls were wearing shirts that were from the other season. Yeah, yeah they had, there was a someone a bitch pudding had on a pinche queen shirt. Yeah, and Zestrina uh, had Vander Van Odd. Oh, she did. Yeah, oh. Victoria had Bible Girl. Yeah, Victoria, who was a judge on season one, Bible yeah. Girl. Yeah, and then disaster. Or sorry, Abhor I think had her own because she had a shirt that said "You make me sick." Mm-hmm. So I don't. I thought, and it looked like her, but it didn't have a name. But yeah, I just, I didn't like the, perf- the like, I just feel like it's just like, they're just like, you know, it's like for whatever the, the budget of this show is, you mm-hmm. could t- tell that these, the Boule brothers are trying to make this into a, you know, they're trying to have an, a, a certain aesthetic. Yeah. So I don't understand why they're constantly just like lazily walking into the, you know, like on a drag race or mm-hmm. they at least dance in like every single time they enter a place, they're always like dancing or, do, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, why can't you just enter in with some kind? It's just like, literally, it's just like, oh, all right. <laughs> it's like, do this shit. which is funny because, you know, on drag race, it's the same thing. You know, on drag race, it's on, OK, now walk in now, you know? Yeah. Oh, exactly. But it's like, why don't you tell them to be like scared or, mm-hmm. some, you know, something to where it's like. At least they're like, oh, okay, like I gotta act this, but it's like nothing. They're just like literally like, okay, here we are again. You know, it's like they're not even excited about it. 
And again, they're in full makeup, which made me laugh hysterically when <laughs> they literally were like, I don't know who it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> it might be Kendra, it might be Victoria. And <laughs> Victoria walks in full makeup. Yeah. Like not even like half, full makeup. And it's like, how did you guys not know? Well, what's funny I is honestly feel like yeah because if you look at if you look at bitch pudding, I honestly think they do the boudet the what is it called the boudoir the boudoir uh-huh. first oh, and then they did do she have that the green makeup on? circle thing second. Did she have the green makeup on in the in the theater? She had it on, but not to the extent that I it felt like she had it on in the theater. Oh, interesting. Or maybe they interrupt it. I don't know. I have to now. I want to look back at that scene. But you know what's yeah. funny? If someone makes a funny joke, actually, when she walks in and they go, "Kendra." Oh, never mind. I just looked. I oh. just looked at the when. Uh, oh, sh- yeah. When who does? When Victoria walks in, someone actually goes, "Kendra, is that you?" <laughs> yeah. So that's that's funny. like borderline yeah. racist. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So and then also it was the same fire entrance that they've done. Yeah, they've done that before. It- I feel like it's like, okay, like, you know, mm-hmm. pick a different, or at least have different costumes. Like, it's just, you know, but um, the boudoir one, yeah, James Majesty came out swinging yeah, for some, yeah. like, unknown yeah. reason. Although what frustrated me was that we didn't get to see the the slap. No, you they showed it a little bit. You could tell it. it Dolly was just on edge, and that's why I, it's kind of why I think Dolly was eliminated. It seemed like Dolly was starting shit with people, and yeah, maybe well, she just was like she was just not having any more of it. Well, and I also think that like, oh, sorry, what were you gonna say? Well, it, it, you know that when when Dolly and Victoria go outside to smoke a cigarette, Dolly says something like, you know. Well, it's one of my favorite parts of the uh, the whole conversation. Oh, yeah. I wrote it down. Do you, you want me to read what I wrote yeah, down, yeah. or do you want to go? I think it's the same thing. Go ahead. What did she say? Okay, uh, she literally. This is within like a sentence of each other. She writes. <laughs> she goes, "It's too early in the fucking morning to even start that shit right now. I don't let I don't let fucking nobody lay hands on me though. Yeah, yeah. I will go home if I have to beat somebody's ass. <laughs> yes, I don't uh-huh. care. Yeah. It's moral and principle. And then in the testimonial, she goes. Victoria and I have become very close. We just have like a lot of the same personality traits. We're both stoners, chill, no drama. <laughs> I just was like, what? Did you watch it before you said yeah. it? James Madison, even if James Madison, you can see like just kind of like hit her on the shoulder, like, go girl. And she goes like, don't you touch me. Oh, yeah. She was literally, well, you could tell that something, something happened. Mm-hmm. She, she's been. I feel like if she had stayed another episode, we would have found out that, like, you know, an uncle was a little too touchy with her or something. Like, we, it's like she, she definitely has some kind of like boundary issues, mm-hmm. which is, you know, fine, understandable, but it's also like, you know, I feel like that's a wrong time to have PTSD flashbacks. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I also, but I also didn't like the fact that James, I felt like James exacerbated it because yeah, if did. somebody, if I buttons. touch you yeah. and you say, Hey, don't touch me. I don't mm-hmm. like being touched. Obviously that's a thing, Yeah, you know? And so I would be like, Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't, you know, I didn't mean any harm. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And right. I just let it go. But yeah. I felt like James was like, I didn't touch you. I just barely touched you. Like was like, for some reason, couldn't admit to the fact that he touched her. 
Well, then also yeah. insulted her and said something along the line. Maybe you have the quote like, "Well, maybe if you concentrated more on your look, you wouldn't care about people touching you or something yeah. like that." And- I didn't. I didn't write that down, but I did write down. Yeah, he did say that. He goes, you know, maybe. And but then it was like right after she was just like, "Look, I just don't like being touched." Yeah. Like, and it was just like. Why do you give a shit if she doesn't like being touched? If she doesn't like being touched, that's her thing. Yeah. You know, like that's her pri- that's her right to not be touched. Mm-hmm. And it, it was I don't even feel like cuz I felt like they kind of came in midway. Mm-hmm. I don't even feel like it was that big of a she made it I think she was just being very stern, you know? She's like I don't like being touched. Don't touch me. And I felt like James was the one who made it more of a thing. Well, I also but, think she was already kind of on edge because James had gone over there and was uh, already sort of hinting that Victoria and Dolly are fucking. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, who knows? Not Maybe they are. Well, no, Maybe they kind of said they kind of like, I think it was Dolly or was it Victoria Beck was like, oh, we've gotten really close. I wish it could go further. I wanted to go further. Yeah. So I think there was something well, going on. I think they, she, I think Victoria said like I look I look forward to seeing where this relationship goes. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah okay. Yeah. But see what I thought when this is going to go to the end so I don't but see one of the things that I thought when I was watching it was oh so what's going to happen is is Victoria and Dolly are going to be in the bottom and then they're going to have to compete against each other. Mm-hmm. But then that didn't happen. No. No. And it, if you like you said if you watch the end you can see that Dolly was just like I don't I'm over it. Yeah, like I, I honestly felt like if she had put in some modicum of effort, yeah, in that finale, Erica would. But Eric, like literally, the fact that she put in no effort was yeah. the reason why she went home. Yeah, that, yeah, 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 yeah. If she would have but, put in a little bit of effort, you're right, and uh, she would have stayed. But she, she even kind of did in the first couple. It was that brain one where she was just like, "I'm done." Yeah, she just had had enough because she pounded the um the. The milk. Well, we'll get to that when we get to that. But do you have yeah. any, what about what are, what are your thoughts about the Abhora, Erica, and bitch pudding uh, conference? I still don't like Abhora. Okay, but I I I don't like her a little less. <laughs> so like, I it's because okay. Here's the thing. Her her thing that we've established mm-hmm. is she just throws shit at a wall and sees what sticks. Yeah. She did that when she was upset with bitch pudding mm-hmm. and people weren't really grasping onto what she was saying. She threw like four different things at her. Mm-hmm. This is why I don't like you, you know? Mm-hmm. And because every single time she brought up a thing, people rebuted, refuted it. And she was like, well, but also you don't know this. And, and I felt like she did almost the exact same thing when she was apologizing to bitch pudding. Because when she first started, when she first sat down with Eric, which by the way, like, I don't know why Erica had to be the moderator. Like what was there to moderate? Um, But so Erica sat down and she goes, I just feel bad for not allowing bitch to be her full self, which Mm -hmm. I feel like is sort of a backhanded thing. Mm -hmm. Cause it's like, you're not apologizing for being a bitch. You're apologizing for like a lot, not for like bitch, not succeeding. Mm hmm. Right, but then Erica points out that she was in. She's been in the bottom. Abhor's been in the bottom twice and hasn't won a, a competition yet. Mm-hmm. So it's like, so who's really to you know? So then she switches, and she says that actually, what she's really upset about is the fact that her ex, and uh, was like upset about the the you know dick flicking, mm-hmm. and like, but then then kept bringing that up, so that really hurt her, and so she 
did that. And then they were like, oh, well, that sucks. He shouldn't have done that. And, and then she went on this weird convoluted thing where she was like, yeah, and we're also not together anymore because yeah. he's really mean. And I, you know, I like he's dealing but he's dealing with something that they both dealt with before but he's alone yeah what do you think but that is was, by the oh, way i think it's drugs oh, okay go ahead but he was also mean to her and she should have ended it sooner but she feels guilty for abandoning him so she can pursue her dream it was like this whole like you know convoluted thing and it was just like i, I don't know i felt like honestly i felt like it was she i don't think she truly apologized so, i think she just guilted uh, bitch into being like okay we're fine you okay. know all right so here's what i'll say it was very interesting watching this episode because this is really in theory the second time i've seen this episode because i've seen the whole season once through and it was interesting watching this scene because i know about a revelation that comes in in one or two episodes okay and in that in those episodes I think we get a little backstory to this moment, right? And I think there's something to that, if that makes sense. I don't want to give anything away for you because you haven't seen the whole season. To the dick flipping or to what? To this conference, I'll say. When it happens, I'll tell you, okay? Okay. But I feel knowing what I know happens in the future, what we learn in the future, and they hint at it heavily in the episode. It's so funny. When I watched it the first time, I didn't get it. But then when when you you learn this revelation, I was like, oh, it's so obvious in this episode. But um, uh, I think it colors a lot of this this little conference between Abhora and Bitch Pudding and Erica Clash. Uh, so it could be in one episode. I don't remember when it happens, but it's in one or two episodes. We're going to find out something. And, uh, so it, it answers a lot of the questions you're saying. Um, but it, yeah, you know, these girls are stuck in LA for weeks because, you know, they, I think they only film like once a week. Uh, and so, and somehow in that meantime, a poor is broken up with her boyfriend, but I love that they, I love how now the show itself has taken the position. Like, yeah, it's kind of dicky of your boyfriend, to bring it up to you all the time that you were flicked in the dick by bitch pudding. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, Which any, it is. I mean, it is, it is. dicky. But the, like the, if, the boy yeah, And honestly, it's like, does he really, though? Like, that's the thing. Is like, I I honestly don't really believe anything Abhora says. Yeah. So, I don't know. All right. Fair enough. Uh, all right. On the floor, the Boulay brothers enter the stage and introduce guest judges Heklina and Alaska. The girls walk the runway and, with the help of Israel and Sean Morales, give birth to their alien children. When the Boulay brothers and company pass judgment, they deem Disasterina and Victoria Elizabeth Black as safe and place Bitch Pudding and James Majesty in the top two. After some deliberation, James Majesty is named the winner of the challenge, and that leaves Erica Clash, Abhora, and Dali in the bottom three. For the extermination challenge, the girls are forced to eat a series of gross foods that include tentacles, a pig's foot and anchovy milkshake, and a mystery meat that look like brains. Abhora and Erica Clash bury their faces in the food for no apparent reason, and Dali just takes her time. Later that night... Dali is whacked in the head with a frying pan in a restaurant kitchen. Why, why she's hanging out in a restaurant kitchen, I don't know. Well, and she's then, testing ketchup. Yeah. <laughs> and then has Dolly has her head placed in the oven, killing her. Lori, any final thoughts on the episode and everything we just talked about? The floor show, the judgment, the extermination challenge, the, the, the actual extermination. What were your thoughts? 
I feel like, well, first off, I, I was upset that James Majesty won. I didn't think that she deserved to win. I didn't necessarily feel like her thing was all that great. I felt like, I mean, the one thing that they kept bringing up was the hers her with the cd rom mm-hmm. and it was just like that was like a tiny part of it i felt like bitch had like a whole character mm-hmm. and i mean as simplistic as you want if you want to say it's simplistic i felt like it still was like believable and you know so mm-hmm. i don't know i i liked it i will say that i didn't understand their critique with that they've been saying about where's the drag until today when i saw victoria because i was like that is a great alien costume I just don't know if it's a drag costume, you know? So I did get that. I was like, oh, I finally get something. Um, But yeah, I felt like, I don't think, I felt, I honestly feel like Dolly gave up. I felt like she just quit. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can say that she was eliminated because there's no reason why she should have been mm-hmm. eliminated. There were two other uh, people on that show who should have been eliminated first, but also, I will. Uh, one other thing I will say is that I just it <laughs> the the de- de- deliberations just l- remind me so much that these are older men dressed as women because <laughs> the amount of dad jokes that they were doing during that deliberation was just like, oh my god, guys. <laughs> just well, like, in, in fairness, hold on for a second. I actually have a different take on that. It's so funny. Heclina is clearly... I don't know if she's making fun of RuPaul's Drag Race when they do the the jokes on the, the, the terrible puns on the runway. I actually think that they would never say... They're so afraid of RuPaul, they wouldn't say it. But I think that's what Heclina was doing. Yeah. But she's clearly making the dad jokes on purpose. She's aware of how bad they are, right? But then they would all laugh at Heclina's terrible puns. And then Swan would then chime in with her own and it wasn't as funny. And everybody was just like... <laughs> yeah, and I just felt I felt more because Heclina, you could tell, was in on the joke, making the jokes on purpose to get a reaction, and then Swan is like legit, like trying to be also funny, and it was really really sad. Um, I also wanted to say, you know, uh, I, I was trying to find because one thing the show does not do, I mean, the show does many things not well, but one of the things I wish that they did more was you don't really ever get a chance to see the looks ever. Like, they do so yeah. many quick cuts and so many weird angles and so many, like, the cutting in between. You don't actually get to see the actual runway walk. Rarely do you. They, in this one, they, they show you more than usual. But I feel we got shortchanged on Abhora and on, um, uh, Vic, no, on Dolly. We didn't really see their looks that much. And yeah. So, anyway, the point I'm bringing up, I was trying to find pictures of their looks online, which are nearly impossible to find. And... When I did, I found that uh, there was someone to make a comparison that James Majesty winning look is nearly identical to his episode one look. Really? Uh, Yeah, they're almost identical. So he, it seems like he just recycled his episode one look and then just tacked on a, 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 a disc drive. Well, wasn't his episode one look? He had that like thing in his mouth. Yeah, yeah. That like, well, he didn't have the thing in his mouth, but like, in other words, the actual bodysuit. Is very similar to what he wore. I don't know if it's exact, but they, they were they were showing a side by side of his episode one look and his episode four look, and they were very similar. Um, oh, uh, I forgot. This is my favorite part. Well, two things. One, I love that. Uh, uh, what, who is the female ju- or the not the female judge? The one judge, the drag queen judge, when she said that somebody's look look looked filmic. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Heckling. Thought that was hilarious. Yeah. And then my fa- other favorite was when uh, James Majesty was in the uh, giving birth, and she goes, she was like zero one one zero zero one one zero computer noises, computer noises. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so funny. Now, I was me, like, oh, you're just not even trying. Oh, no, I think that she's being funny on purpose. Oh, that's not funny. Oh, that's I think funny. Jane Majesty was doing to be funny, like saying computer noises. I don't think that was like, I don't think that was a dumb thing. I think she was being smart. Oh. Uh, for the extermination challenge, the girls are forced to eat a series of gross foods. What do you think of that? Oh, I couldn't watch it. Oh, I barely couldn't? could watch it. I was just, I had my girlfriend narrate to me what was happening. Oh, you didn't cause... watch it. No, I, I can't watch that kind of stuff. When I watched, see, I'm already getting nauseous. I watched up until Erica started like prote- uh, like almost vomiting. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I'm out. I can't do it. Well, the, the part I don't get is, <sighs> here's what I don't get, is they I think maybe because they had seen season one or something, they gave them a, fu- a, a knife and a fork. There was no reason for them to bury their face and slop it up like animals. Like that's what they had done on the uh, brain challenge in the in the desert. Remember they had to yeah. put their hands behind their back and almost like a pipe. No, but they give them a knife and a fork. So Dali on that first round is kind of looking at them and just takes her knife and fork and calmly eats her tentacles. There was no reason for them to bury their face yeah. in the food. I think they thought if they did it like that, it would show urgency. Oh, you know? I see. Like they're they're really committed. Yeah, so I think they probably felt like they had to do it that way. Mm-hmm. So, because I did, it did look. I felt like it looked bad on Dolly that she was the only one who was like, "Oh, I'm just going to eat this with a knife and fork," and then everybody, they gave you him know, a knife and a fork. What they gave him the knife, and it's not like Dolly showed up with a knife and a fork. No, I know, but still, I felt like it it uh, it put the onus on Dolly to a- amp it up, you know, because she was she didn't have that frenetic energy that. Oh, which is so funny. Yeah, that that, the way my had. interpretation was like, oh, look, Dolly is actually like, she's not being like, in other words, it's one thing to say where you just bury your face in it and like you hide. Like, in other words, if you get a lot of it on your face, it doesn't go in your mouth. So, uh, like, oh, look, bitch, I'm going to really eat this. I'm going to take it and chew it and swallow it. To me, it's just more of a commitment. Same thing with swallowing the milkshake slowly. But then for some reason on the brain, which is funny because I realized it watching they never say what a couple of things on the on the last one. They never say what the mystery meat is. They just say it's mystery meat, okay? Yeah. And then they go, oh, and there's worms, but you never see the worms on the girl's plate. In fact, when they show Dolly's plate, there are zero worms on it. The worms could have been on a separate tray, okay? And then three, I actually think because Dolly said what he had trouble with was how spicy it was. I think it was just like a really spicy meatloaf that they put in some sort of brain mold. I just think it was meatloaf. Oh really? Yeah. Well then, why didn't she eat it? Or did she just did she eat it? Well, no, 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 like no, 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 no. They Dolly says it was really, really spicy. I don't know what was up. She was I don't know if there was ghost pepper in it, but it was really, really, really spicy. Uh, yeah, that that would probably do it. Yeah. So they probably mean, it's probably just like regular boy meatloaf, but they put like a ton of like really spicy stuff in it. So because that would intentionally that would in a, in a weird kind of way force the girls to gag. Yeah, that I think that well, that was the point of the whole thing yeah. was to see them gag. But I, I honestly feel like if Disasterina and Erica clash last through this next, because one of the things that is a constant is that Disasterina doesn't know how to walk the runway. Mm-hmm. I feel like they honestly stopped doing runway shots because in the first episode, Disasterina was so terrible at it that they were like, "Well, we don't want to show her being that bad." <laughs> 
Yeah. So I just think, honestly, I was like, if she last, if they last one more episode, I'm going to be upset. Mm-hmm. They need to go. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, uh, any other final thoughts, Lori? Have we covered everything here on uh, episode four of uh, Dragula? I'm excited to see what the. I've been think, trying to think about what the you said there was a a, a turn of events or a revelation. Oh, so I'm yeah, excited to see what the I, revelation yeah, you're building is. it up. I'll tell you what. I'll give you a hint. On one of the upcoming episodes, the girls have to take a lie detector test. Uh huh. And you learn stuff that's been going on behind the scenes. Ooh. Oh, I wonder if they ask Victoria about Dolly. Well, you're gonna have to find out. You're gonna have to uh-huh. find out. Interesting. That'd yeah. be fun. That'd be I one of the things that I liked. One of the things that I fi- I feel bad for is is Victoria's boyfriend, because literally the the first mention of it is Victoria saying that it's hard to date another drag queen because mm-hmm. you both have the same personalities, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, or the same wants and whatever. And then at right after that, all they do is talk about how much Victoria and Dolly like each other. I would yeah. be like, hey, what the fuck, like. <laughs> why are you all lovey lovey with this person oh that would be that would crack me up maybe they're gonna want to have like a threesome who knows what's going on with that with that whole crew i would love to thruple yeah a thruple who knows what's going on there um what was i gonna tell you oh the one thing i will say i know you like bitch pudding's look i i mean maybe i can agree with maybe she should have won i actually probably would have put um victoria in the top two and not james I love see, Victoria's look. I didn't get the see, whole. I, more I agree with you. I just feel like it wasn't necessarily drag, but then again, it's like, what is drag? You know. Mm-hmm. So I think that, and I, I do love Victoria said that she would have won if she put on fal- false eyelashes. <laughs> on funny. the I know it's sort of weird. All right. Well, that concludes this episode of the Dragula Recap Show. Join us next time when we discuss, dissect, and deconstruct. The next episode, which I believe is episode five, right? Yeah. Of season Are we doing two. five or five and six? Let's see. I don't know. We'll talk about it after the show. Uh, the next okay. episode of Dragula season two. So for Lori Roggenkamp and myself, so long, uglies. Camp hosts her own podcast called The Bloody Mary Podcast with Maria and Lori. It's available on Apple Podcasts and wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow Lori Roggenkamp on Instagram at LROG, that's L-R-O-G-G, and on Twitter at Lori Roggenkamp, that's L-A-U-R-I-R-O-G-G-E-N-K-A-M-P. Joe Batanz is one of the hosts of the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Podcast. You can find that show on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow Joe Batanz on Instagram and Twitter at Joe Batanz. That's J-O-E-B-E-T-A-N-C-E. Hello Uglies is hosted by two people who give their dumb opinions on a show that's widely available on the internet. So it goes without saying that Hello Uglies has nothing to do with the following. The Boulet Brothers, Dragula, Hey Queen, Johnny McGovern, Lady Red Couture, Any Gay Pimps, Amazon Prime, Optimus Prime, Jeff Bezos, the characters of Dracula, Elvira, Vampira, Blackula, Bella Lugosi, Layla Bugosi, Out TV, Outfest, In and Out, RuPaul, Ruth Paul, Rude Paul, The Plot to Assassinate Fidel Castro, Your House When I Got TP to 1996, and any event that ever happened ever. 
Hello Uglies is an Afterthought Media production.